what's important to me is I look at my sleep for the day and I know naturally based off of my sales motion. Again, I'm in a different category, so I am not having to go bang on doors. I'm not necessarily recommending for an SDR starting out in their career. Like, don't look at their sales metrics. I'm talking about, you know, once you graduate towards the enterprise strategic selling, you know, sort of your set account list. That's when I've taken a strategic focus and saying, hey, actually, it's more powerful for me to say no to things and let go of things. I actually create more abundance and capacity that way. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Brandon Fluharty. Brandon's the Vice President of Strategic Accounts at LivePerson. And today is a special Thanksgiving episode from our archives, a replay of one of our most popular episodes of the past year. And in this case, it's with Brandon Fluharty. So in this episode, I'm talking with Brandon, one of the very best SaaS sellers you'll find. And in our conversation, we're talking about the connection between your health and well-being in sales and how those are tied to your ability to perform at your best, to be the very best version of you. So Brandon and I start by talking about why sellers should approach sales like an athlete. And then we dig into the four critical areas of your life that Brandon has identified that sellers need to monitor. Your sleep, your skills, your strain, which is the amount of mental and physical efforts you're putting out, and your satisfaction. And if you imagine sort of a big Venn diagram with circles for each of those four, the intersection of those four where they overlap, well, that's success. So this is really the future, if not the present, of sales, you think about it like, a, like an athlete, as a performance-driven profession. And so the very successful seller understands that physical and mental well-being are essential to unlocking your potential to become the very best version of you. Rand and I also talk about a new service he's launching for individual sellers, a health and wellness service for sellers, to improve their overall performance in life and in work. And it's called Be Focused, Live Great. So we'll get into all of this and much, much more. But before we get to Brandon, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could leave us a review and give us your feedback about how we're doing. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Andy. Good to see you again. Great to see you. Always good to see you. Yeah. So um, for people who didn't catch your first appearance on the show, tell, tell us what you do. So my day job is Your day job. It, <laughs> my day job is as a strategic seller for conversational AI leader live person. Uh, so we are a public company, about a five, five and a half billion dollar valuation. And I am out there talking to some of the world's largest brands, making it easier for them to communicate with their consumers. And doing that via messaging platforms? Yeah. So we, we make it very easy for them to utilize a tandem of automation uh, with talent that uh, they already have, whether that mm-hmm. is someone in the retail store or the contact center. Mm-hmm. And we bring that together by connecting into all of the front ends that are that we're using as consumers. Uh, so right. that could be basic stuff like SMS texting. Right. Uh, to more sophisticated things on social media like WhatsApp and, and Facebook Messenger. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be kind of crazy to communicate with a brand uh, <laughs> via WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. So book book your, your flight to, to Miami or be able to uh, inquire about your bank balance or be able to buy a car. Um, those are all experiences that we're powering through this this idea of of, of conversational commerce, right. and uh, you know we're we're sort of a leader in that that category. So, as you said, you work with big deals. People who listen to the show before know we we talked about this. I urge people to go back and listen to your your prior episode here on the show. But um, you know, with big deals comes big stress. So. How do you, I mean, because, I mean, give us an example. Some of the first, yeah. before we get to that, some of the deals size-wise and the companies that you sell to, if you can. 
Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I can talk about a few of them publicly. So one of my first deals here, a live person was Delta Airlines. Uh, mm-hmm. It was sort of a, a passion project of mine, having spent really just about, you know, this is pre-COVID days, so just about every week uh, in, in a Delta. Delta seat. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, that, that was a multi-year deal um, landed after about a nine-month effort uh, mm-hmm. from from just kind of pitching uh, and, and trying to open the door with them to, to actually closing that deal. Uh, to, you know, fast forward to today, three, a little over three and a half years later, uh, closing Fortune 10 level brands um, and, you know, eight figure, seven figure sums. Okay. Seven, eight figure sums. So double digit millions for people doing mm-hmm. the math. Um, so as I was about to say is with, with these big deals, uh, comes big stress, big pressure, because you, you know, when you're selling deals that size for a publicly traded company, those move the needle as far as results go. And the way that oftentimes, you know, if you're just a salesperson selling smaller deals, or even mid-sized deals, they wouldn't move the needle like that. So how do you deal with sort of the self-imposed pressure as well, the external pressures to yeah, you know, sort of stay on even keel, or, or do you stay on even keel? I know you do. We, we know each other, so I can say right, that. right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the that's the biggest challenge right there is staying staying even. And I think what I've learned after about twenty years of of doing this, and it, it took that long to to sort of figure this out, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, this idea of work life balance is a complete fallacy. And and I'm a big personal believer in work-life integration. I agree. Um, and that, yeah, sales was always built for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, you know, we, we have these, these labels uh, in sales. You know, you've got to be entrepreneurial. You, you need to be, you need to operate like an athlete. You know, sales people are the athletes of business. Right. And, and, and so you're, you're kind of asking yourself, well, do I need to be a generalist if I'm an entrepreneur, or do I need to be a specialist if I'm if, if I'm an athlete? And um, yeah, I think what I've come to the conclusion is you need to be a little bit of you know, you know be flexible. I, I call call it flexipline. Uh, that this idea wait, of wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dropping new terms here, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not choking on the term. That was just purely coincidental. But, but go ahead, go ahead and explain that for me. What spell it for me first? What is it? Flexipline. That would be tough to spell for me, actually. Oh, so it's discipline and flexible and discipline. That's right. Yeah, oh, okay. that's right. Yeah. So it's this idea of a balance between being disciplined and 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 uh, flexible, and and so that that kind of to me epitomizes. Um, you know, what's what's been successful for me is mm-hmm. is that if I had the the complete discipline of an of an athlete, um, you know that that might take me so far, right? Right. Um, and if I had the complete flexibility of being a generalist or a complete entrepreneur, um, you know, that would be a, a separate path. And and so I believe somewhere in the middle is is the right balance if you're you know, taking a paycheck from another company and, and you're trying to, though, stay, maintain that freedom and flexibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think it's, it's about integrating the, the, the best aspects of your personal life with your, your, your work life and know that I can't just work eight hours a day, call it quits, and then, you know, spend eight hours of free time, hang out with the family, and then eight hours of, of sleep. Yeah, I, I think in any modern role, that's a right. uh, that that's just a pipe dream, but especially in sales. So I, I look and at I it more about been that innovation. Way. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. Mean, I, so I remember posting something about this, and somebody, some people really objected to it. But but yeah, I I found through my own experience, both as an individual contributor who's closed eight figure deals, as well as you know a team leader building teams of startups. In managing lots and lots of salespeople, is that that I find that people that sort of more successfully integrate it always sort of have it in the back of their mind a little bit. Um, I don't know; it's hard to completely shut off, but but I found it actually sort of stress-reducing to some degree that that 
at one level, I was always sort of ruminating on the big opportunities I was working on. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't stressing about them, but it was just yeah. I was giving myself the freedom and the flexibility mentally. Yeah. To sort of have it sitting in the back, and and yeah. that's when the ideas come, right? Like when the ideas <laughs> pop in the shower. Exactly. Um, which is for me is, is the place they always happen. Is, is <laughs> yeah. For me, it's on the bike. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I try that, but it's I just can't rem- <laughs> I can't yeah. remember anything I think about on the bike. <laughs> By the time I get home, it's completely gone. Um, Though I did stop today and sent myself an email in the middle of my ride, <laughs> just so I remember this particular thought. But, yeah. but I just think that I agree with you. I think it's it's this integration. Yeah. It's it's uh, a way you meld things together. That at least for me was actually stress reducing because instead yeah. of just turning it off yeah. and then coming back to the office and sort of saying, "Oh my God, what's what yeah. do I need to catch up on or what do I need to?" It's yeah. like, yeah, it sort of had a little bit of a additional thought going. Yeah. And I think that's a great sign that it, it's okay to do that, especially if you enjoy what you do. And, and, right. and, and, and you can, you can think about it. I mean, we should be thinking about and aspiring for, for big things. And these large transformational deals should occupy space in our minds. And it's okay to do that. Not, not in a, like you said, a, a stress, stressful situation it should be almost stress reducing when you can step back and, and think about it in, in your personal quiet time. But with that said, I, I certainly agree that there need to be some guardrails. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I've, I've learned to just integrate into, into my, my work and personal life, which is, you know, have a system in place. And there are two very simple things that, that have, have helped me, which is start my day the same way, my, my work day, and end mm-hmm. my work day. The, the, the same way. And, so tell and that's, what that means. Yeah. So I, I like to start my day by um, just like an athlete would, you know, just get, get warmed up um, instead of jumping right in. And I think there's a lot of people who have different philosophies on that, but instead of jumping out in and tackling that big, big hairy task, I like to actually get my brain warmed up. Um, and, and so I do things like, you know, just deep breathing. And it can be as simple as five minutes of deep breathing mm-hmm. outside before getting into trying to harness something like a flow state. And then from there, the natural progression to me is picking up a book and reading, say, for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then from reading, I like to listen. You know, so I'll listen to you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's this podcast uh, for sure. Yeah, of course. The Sales course, Enablement yes. Podcast. Um and then from from listening, I, I like to get into writing um, and, and just a little bit of planning, a little bit of journaling, just get some thoughts out of my head. Um, and then that is that for me primes my brain and, and I'm ready to work. And then, you know, ideally, this is all done still in the quiet time of, mm-hmm. uh, of being b- before the hustle and bustle. I try to do all of this um, in advance of you know, any meetings and, and so forth. And then by the time the workday comes around, the true workday comes around, then I can tackle my, my biggest task before that first meeting. And, and then I'm off to the races, and then, mm-hmm. and then I'm running. And then as you know, you know, especially in today's environment, virtual selling, 100% virtual selling, back-to-back Zoom calls, right. that's, that's when it's unpredictable. That's when you know, you're, you're disciplined. I, I like to think of it as a sandwich. I'm disciplined at the beginning of the day, disciplined at the, the end of the day, uh, which I'll talk about that process, that routine mm-hmm. in a minute. But in the middle is when you have to be flexible um, because things are going to come at you 100 miles a, a minute, and, um, and 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 you know you you need to react, you need to respond, right. you need to, to to be available. Well, and listening to the routine, I, and yeah, hopefully everybody has a morning routine, yeah. right? Right. Uh, right. Yeah, not mine, rocket science. Yeah, yeah. Simple yeah, stuff. Mine, yeah, mine's mine's different. I mean, I do like to read. Um, I do write in the morning, uh, though. <laughs> now I'm trying to finish this book. I'm writing all the time, but <laughs> yeah, um, you know, anytime I can grab some time. But but yeah, having having a routine is really important. And I always sort of look at it as in this, and it sort of makes sense in the context of what you were talking about too. With the various things you do is is for me. Sales has always been just a very creative 
yeah. profession, right? So, and for me, that's been one of the ways, sort of, I guess, to manage stress is that I view it as such a creative outlet that, yeah, I'm always sort of looking forward to doing it, right? Yeah. Because it's it's yeah. fun when you take that approach to it. Doesn't mean there hasn't been stressful days and so on. We all have sure. those, but but uh, yeah, I think that you're, what you talked about is a good way to sort of exercise some creativity and prepare yeah. you so that when the day comes up, you're more prepared. Yeah. And I think that's why you've been uberly successful in sales is because you looked at it as a creative position and, and, and role. And I don't, I think that's missed for a lot of people, a lot of folks. Um, and, and today I'm seeing a lot of robotic motions uh, for, for those getting into sales and right. yeah, you're, 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 probably seen it in the technology has come, you know, leaps and bounds since mm -hmm. obviously we, we've started our careers, but, um, the, and there's, yeah, short, you and I started about the same time. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no shortage in, uh, in, 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 you know, frameworks and processes out there. But, uh, at, at the end of the day, I think it, it really is about looking at this as a creative, position in a creative role. And when you can allow yourself to have that creativity come around, that's what your, your routine should be geared towards. And again, I think that's just like any master crafts person, whether you're a musician, whether you're a, an athlete, I think everybody, you know, sort of use their craft in the same way. And, and if, if, if we can elevate sales to, to that same, same height, uh, that this is a craft to to be honored and respected and uh, and 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 it's creative. Um, that's what your routine should be about is is harnessing that creativity. So you're excited to show up for the day and perform. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that to your point about sort of the robotic motions is yeah. certainly there's a broad segment of uh, leadership and sales that. You know, wants to use the technology to create sort of an assembly line in sales, yes. Yes. and and that's hard. You know, we're this yeah. is you know an episode is part of our conversation in the month of May on on mental health and wellness. Is sure, I mean, if you buy into that as a salesperson, that yeah, I'm buying into this process. I'm buying into this this way of doing things that that isn't creative and it's just sort of rote. I mean, yeah. I've, I've worked in a factory. Uh, I've done assembly line work. I was actually sort of the opposite of assembly line where I was, I was working in a slaughterhouse, <laughs> but still was, was in a, we were taking things apart as well putting together. Sure. But, um, but nonetheless, you know, it's the same thing day yeah. after day, day after day, yeah. hour after hour after hour. Yeah. Yeah. And if you sort of give yourself into that as a seller, yeah, you're, buying into burnout yeah. i mean where's why wouldn't you burn out on yeah. that because it's just as i said rote and repetitive and i think that we we, we instill that culture mm -hmm. as leadership into people when instead we'd be much better served telling look every situation is unique it may have similarities mm -hmm. but this is again back where the creativity comes in, into play mm -hmm. is it Mm -hmm. Everyone you're dealing with is an individual and has their unique out, outlook and what's important to them. Most important to them is unique. Lean into that. Yeah. And that's going to that's gonna keep you feeling better about your work than yeah. Yeah, metrics-driven yeah. robotic motions. Yeah. Unfortunately, this obsession for predictability has led to this robotic you know, process that, that, that many sellers are, are caught in and it, 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 it's really up to the individual seller first to take ownership of, of mm -hmm. that and, and, and realize, Hey, I, I do have power here in, in crafting my day, you know, at, at, because ultimately we can still have tremendous freedom in sales. And I think that's, right. that's why we, we've all, gravitated towards towards this as a, a career move and um, by by taking that ownership kind of just putting again you know this this idea of, of, of flexible and has worked for me um, not being on on either end of that that scale but try to find a, a middle way 
um, you know, you, you've got to put those guardrails on on how you approach life and 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 how you approach your work, um, and then and then you know allow some some spontaneity, um, you know, in your days, in your weeks, and in your deals. Um, that's where that creativity can can be harnessed, yeah. and and you allow yourself to you know, find that novelty that, that we all crave as human beings and not this burnout of the repetitive process of whether it's number of dials every day or emails or campaigns that get launched or yeah, whatever it is, yeah, whatever the metric du jour is. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what we all know what those are. Yeah. Well yeah. So you you approach things as you sort of alluded to earlier as an athlete, right? Sales yeah. is the business athlete. Uh, you've yeah. got an athletic background yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you quantify a lot about yourself, right, in an effort to improve your performance. Because, And you mm-hmm. and I both share this passion for, for soccer um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the same team even. And, mm-hmm. and in Just soccer. Just Liverpool I, FC. <laughs> Liverpool FC, right. And so... In soccer, and I give this example all the time on the show, is, you know, they've gone so far with analytics because this is, you know, that is a performance-based yeah. sport, right? Yes, it's a team sport, but, you know, they so closely monitor sleep, diet, you know, yeah. uh, recovery, every aspect of the player's skill, performance, and so on in order to just get that extra bit of performance out of someone. And sales just, even though we have this data. Yeah. We don't use it in a yeah. meaningful way to improve performance. Maybe we're not even, to your point, may not tracking the right performance because yeah. as individuals, there's so many of these four areas you talk about that are important to pay attention to. So, so let's yeah. let's talk about that. I mean, what are the yeah. areas you think are really important for sellers to pay attention yeah. to? Yeah, I think it's it's that's a great question and something I've been actively exploring uh, over many years, but particularly over the past year, year and a half. And I've completely, I wouldn't say completely ditched, but, but I've moved further away from the traditional selling metrics and Mm -hmm. moved much closer to holistic metrics that are actually tied very closely to my overall health. So my actually number one KPI that I've, I've been looking at is my sleep. Um, uh, not just amount of sleep, but sleep debt and managing mm-hmm. sleep debt. And um, so I, I did an analysis. Um, and it's not surprising because, you know, again, pre-COVID, when you're jumping time zones on a plane every other week, you're in a different city. Um, it, you know, y- your circadian rhythm is, is certainly going to get uh, skewed. Right. <laughs> and, and, but but I was you know less than six hours of sleep a night, um, sort of you know pre-COVID to sure. to now I'm averaging over seven hours of sleep and there's still room for improvement there. But my sleep debt rarely goes above three three hours. Once so you sleep, get above sleep five, debt, meaning yeah. So what's a sleep amount, debt mean? amount of sleep that that your body needs based off of how much strain you you've um, exerted okay. for, for the day and, and obviously just, you know, the, the, the amount of sleep that, that, that the human body needs versus how much actual sleep you've given your body. And so you accumulate debt, you know, on a daily basis mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and what the science tells us is that, you know, once you get over five hours of, of sleep debt, particularly in sales, that's when your cognitive ability declines. That is when even your morality um, starts to get compromised, and you might, you know, fudge a deal. You know, yep. Tell a prospect, hey, uh, yeah, we can do that. Uh, let let's get this deal done. Right. So when 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 that starts to occur, um, you, you start to get into dangerous territory. And you know, when I looked at my performance. You know, looking at this particular data with a lens on 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 just my sleep data, um, you know, it was you know performing well. Um, but you know, I closed something like you know, twenty million dollars, yeah, you know, close, close to eighteen million dollars over uh, um, 
two and a half year period mm-hmm. total contract value um, with with sort of the, the, this lens on on sleep. And then when I made a concerted effort to to get into a better routine, uh, reduce my sleep debt, keep it under three hours. Um, you know, I, I've closed over twenty five million just the, the, the you know, past four months alone. And that's been super impactful because I made a conscious effort to to, again, not focus on in, in the past. It would have been, OK, how many meetings do I need to, to have? How many, uh, you know, all the, all the traditional sales metrics. Mm-hmm. But but I literally look at my biometric data and say, hey, this, this is something that's that's more important and meaningful to me because it's having a direct correlation. It's having direct impact on, on my performance. So let me ask the question because this is this is fascinating stuff. So you don't as a matter of prior which one KPIs you prioritize, or you just aren't paying attention to some of the conventional KPIs any longer. I, I really pay no attention to that anymore. Um, I I feel like what what you know what's important to me is I look at my sleep for the day and I know you know naturally mm-hmm. right based off of. Um, of my sales motion again. I'm in a different category, so I'm I am not having to go bang on doors. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily recommending for an SDR starting out in their career. Like, don't look at their sales metrics. Um, uh, I'm talking about you know, once you you graduate yeah. towards the enterprise strategic selling, um, you you know, sort of your your set account list. That's that's when I've I've taken a strategic focus and saying, hey, actually, it's more powerful more powerful for me to say no to things and let go of things. Mm-hmm. I actually create more abundance and capacity that way because when my health is right, I know at every single engagement with a prospect or a client, it's going to go effectively. Whereas in the past, trying to work late. On a proposal, work late on a on a on a presentation, get four hours of sleep. Um, you know, it's it's no wonder that my closing ratio was 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 lower than it is today. Um, well, it's, it's a fascinating perspective, though, when you think about it. And I yeah. think about it in the context of my career is is sure. Yeah, you know, I spent <laughs> decades flying everywhere uh, yeah. around the world. You know, being in sleep debt most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was dealing yeah. with prospects, but. But this idea that, you know, as a seller, you could look back and say, wow, maybe some of these places or these instances where I didn't perform up to snuff, where I yeah. misspoke, where I didn't draw the right connection between two points, I didn't synthesize what the customer is saying me into a coherent thought back to them to give them a good idea how to do something differently, because I wasn't sleeping enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it sort of, I don't know, sort of sobering to think about it that way is, is yeah. that it could be something. But I, but just so you know, I'm not being skeptical. I actually believe this. I actually think this, yeah. is, this is the type of thing that we should be doing from a wellness perspective for sellers yeah. is emphasizing yeah. that yeah. there are things outside of what three words are you using at this point in time in the conversation or what your subject line on your email is, is that, yeah, when you have a conversation with someone, are you at the point where you can perform to the best of your ability? Yeah. And, 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 and just by having sleep as a foundation, you know, there's all these ancillary benefits, just, just general happiness. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we know, you know, depression, uh, is impacting it what impacts sellers two to three times more than than the average person. We're just already we inherit a stressful role. It's, yeah. it's there's a demand for predictability in a very unpredictable role. So mm-hmm. we have to carry that stress around for and and by making sleep a foundation, you at least eradicate a lot of that uh, physically, psychologically, emotionally. Um, and using that as your, your, your foundation, you, you, you're, you're at least on solid ground starting your day. And then by, you know, coupling that with something that's also been really important to me, I've, I've really tried to understand when do I perform the best? And I think, 
in this virtual, 100% virtual environment that we've all been exposed to over the past year, year and a half, um, this has been a good opportunity to experiment. And I've found that I'm not quite a night owl. I am not quite a morning person or a lark. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of somewhere in between. And so by just adjusting my schedule where I can do my peak activities earlier in the day, maybe schedule my meetings out a little bit later, right. later in the morning, uh, and, you know, allow myself to, to manage the, the afternoon dips and lulls that we all, all face, and then come back for more of that creative work during the rebound, that has worked wonders for me too. So those sort of two efforts, focusing on my sleep, and uh, you know, focusing on when I do things, not just mm. what I do, but when I do them, have, have been sort of this unlocking of of uh, a treasure trove of, of of great performance, and and a, it's it's reflected in the results. Yeah, for people listening, this idea about uh, chronotypes or chronotypes, as yeah. Dan Pink categorized them, and in his book, when. Mm -hmm. Dan was on the show. You have to—I don't know the episode off the top of my head—but go to ringdna.com, look at our podcast uh, list, and you'll see the episode with Dan. Fascinating conversation because—and I also, again, a, a believer in this—is that there are times of day for certain tasks, and again, from the interest of our wellness, you know, yeah. if we're working against ourselves, yeah. creating more stress yeah. is really what you're talking about. Is how do we? Yeah. How do, how do we make this all work for us, not against yeah. us? Yeah. And so let me ask a question about sleep and sort of stuff in general is, is um, how are you tracking that, your sleep? Yeah. Because I imagine you're, you got your Apple Watch or some sort of wearable or, or actually multiple wearables, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do kind of geek out on this. So I, I do <laughs> wear three different wearables. Um, three? An Apple okay. Watch. Yeah. So I do have my Apple Watch, I, but... It, it, it's not so much for, for sleep. Um, I do wear a whoop, uh, on mm -hmm. my wrist, uh, whoop, um, you know, is, is a good commercial grade, uh, sleep tracker. Uh, and I do wear an aura ring. So I have my ring, my Apple watch and my whoop. So go all in on that. And, and, <laughs> and really it's, it's more about experimenting for me. I mean, that's why I wear three of them. Right. Um, and it, it connects, connects into the apps that, 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 that mean things to me. Um, and so and do you do anything? Do you have like a yeah. pre-sleep routine? I mean, yeah. meditation, edibles, yeah, I whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, funny enough, um, you know, cannabis actually helps, uh, to, I, I get higher quality sleep, you know, according to whoop when I track, cause there's a, a journal function, um, and, uh, there's, you can track cannabis, marijuana, whatever it is in there. Mm. And yeah, uh, actually there, there is a, there is a benefit, um, uh, a negative, um, uh, effects with alcohol, um, even mm -hmm. with a glass of wine the next day, um, you know, whoop recover, you know, you get something called a recovery score, uh, whoop has sort of red zone, yellow zone and, and, and green zone. And almost always after just a night of a drink or two, uh, always in the red. So completely eliminate alcohol during during the work week. Uh, that that's been one one massive change. Uh, the effects of caffeine. Measuring that uh, again just gives me great visibility, particularly whoop uh, around these behaviors. So I try to eliminate caffeine ten hours before bedtime. Um, that's had a, a, a very positive effect. Mm -hmm. um, trying to close out work um, two hours before bed, um, so really just not looking at at any emails or or a screen has been extremely helpful. Uh, three hours, try to you know no more food, um, you, know, you know, so just being able to to digest my food and, and have plenty of time uh, before bed. At that that hour that that window is usually about three hours. And then um, an hour before bed, just no more screen time. So that's when I switch over to just putting the, the phone, flip it over, um, blue light glasses even, uh, if I am going to just set my alarm on my phone and grab a book, turn down the lights, try to, to relax a bit. Hot shower helps. Um, 
and, and even you know, 20 milligrams of melatonin about a half hour before bed. And that, mm-hmm. that seems to, to really be a, a, a great wind down routine for me. Hmm. Yeah. Well, after I read my, all my books on my iPad, so. <laughs> <laughs> At least put the blue light blockers on. Yeah, I, well, still I do. debate I have, on that about. Yeah, I've got the blue light glasses, all that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, um, yeah, yeah, I don't have any problem falling asleep. Yeah, and and I don't wake up really in the middle of the night. I just don't sleep for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. six hours is sort of like standard. Yeah, right? if yeah. I if I have one of those days where I get seven, it's like, man, I feel so sluggish, especially if I'm like getting out to go for a run or getting my bike. It's like. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah but yeah, just as it's breaking the routine, but it's, yeah, it's right. But I'm, I'm getting into this. So I, I, yeah. I, um, uh, got one of these, uh, eight sleep, you know, mattress oh, covers yeah. with the yeah, yeah. cooling yeah. zones. Cause yeah, my, my wife sleeps, you know, she's always cold and I'm always hot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, even with the air conditioners on, you know, I can wake up hot. Sure. Um, so, yeah, one of my guests on podcast, uh, Eric Sue, said, "Oh no, you got to, you got to get one of these things." He's yeah shares sort of your your outlook in terms of of quantifying things and tracking. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm gonna, we just got it. Going to install it tonight. We'll see. Oh, how interesting. It yeah, I've heard very yeah. good things, but I I haven't gone that that far myself. So I, but I am interested. You have to let me know how how it goes. Yeah. Well, I just find that, that, yeah, I'd like to sleep better, right? Feel more rested. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And yeah, I do some, some tracking. Yeah. Uh, I need to do but more. I, but I think you bring up a good point. I think another passion that we share is, is cycling and this, this idea of incremental gains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if, if you can improve, you know, just 1% of every, every part of your right. life. And, and, you know, I think that, sums up a lot about what we're, we're talking about. It's, if, you know, with that work-life integration for sales, if, if your life is good, just like for a professional athlete, professional cyclist, if your life is good, you're going to perform well on the bike. You're going to perform well on the, the pitch mm-hmm. uh, and, and sales. And, 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 sales. Right. And, and, and so I think we need, again, taking ownership uh, as an individual, you need to take ownership of all of that. You know, you, you need to take ownership of, you know, how am I sleeping? Um, how am I preparing myself to, to feel and be creative? Uh, and, and, and how am I, you know, what, what am I putting in my body? And, 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 and the, the aggregate of all those things will help rise you. It'll lift you up as an individual to, to perform better. And then that naturally helps with your overall satisfaction, happiness. Um, so, so they're, they're all integrated. Yeah. Well, some, you know, somebody asked me not that long ago is, you know, I was encouraging them to hire older salespeople, mature salespeople, yeah, you know, people in their forties and fifties. And they were saying, well, actually there weren't that many to choose from, right? That they were sort of looking. And so the question was, you know, why are there so few older salespeople? And I th- and I think this is what you're talking about, something that's so important for people, yeah, you know, first 10, 20 years of their career is that a, you're going to work longer than this current mm-hmm. generation. You may think you're not going to, but you'll want to. And by the time you get to that point, you'll all, you all work longer. And I think the reason there's so few or, or <laughs> there are so few older salespeople is the people who didn't learn how to manage the stress, didn't learn how to manage the environment that they work in. Yeah, uh, yeah switched to other careers. Yeah, I, so I, I yeah. I think the value of what you're talking about is this: you're yeah, you know, these are tools that we can all use that are commercially available off the shelf, whether it's a whoop or some other fitness tracker or these sleep aids that yeah. like eight sleep that comes with an app and that you can track sleep on is use it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, we sales is one of those weird roles and careers where, you, you don't get any formal training. It's, it's training on the job. And so we have to figure these things out. And like, like I said earlier, we have all these different labels and we have to have managed the stress. We have to manage the, 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 the constant demands on, on our time uh, and, and produce results. And that's not, that's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's hard to manage. 
but that's equal to like like I was saying earlier in in other areas where where you you hone a craft there mm-hmm. is stress to be a performer on stage there is a yeah. there's a stress to to perform well as a professional athlete and i think that's that's my ultimate north stars to to finally see a world class sales organization matching the the everything that goes into building a world class professional sports team and it's yes. it's looking at everything beyond just what what delivers results, which is this obsession on sales metrics. No, it's it's actually these other things. And I'm starting to go as far as to say it's actually if you focus on those other things as the primary, mm-hmm. that that's what's going to lift the sales metrics and right. the sales results. And and I think that's the shift. And 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 it's really been this this past year with this you know, with the pandemic, the macro event that, that I think has brought that to a head and we, we've reached, we've reached a, a bubble where it, you know, it just can't be tolerated anymore where, where mental health needs to be taken seriously, um, particularly for sellers. And, and, and I think that there's going to be, you know, a more natural inclination to adopt you know, this philosophy, adopt these, mm-hmm. these tools, um, and, and integrate them in a, in a much more holistic approach. Because if you are, you know, feeling good as a human, you will naturally be a better seller. We need to take care of the human first. I agree. I mean, there was this great quote <laughs> from a, uh, not surprisingly, a soccer coach, a big club in Europe. And they're talking about, you know, how they bring people into their organization, new players into the organization. And they said, well, we spend a few months and we train the person before we train the player. And it was these things, right? It's mm-hmm. not just the importance of the disciplines of sleep and nutrition and so on and mental well-being, meditation, so on, but just you know, interpersonal skills, right? Mm-hmm. How, they, how they deal as part of a team, how they deal as part of an organization. These things that we assume that people know. Yeah. Right? We assume yeah. that people, what you're talking about, that people know that sleep is important. Yeah, right. But do they really? Not really. Right, right? exactly. I mean, exactly. so yeah. we never teach them. So let's just right. give them the information. If we think this is important for performance, which I believe it is, and it's just one of a number of things, is let's, let's teach it. Yeah. Yeah, I think just, you know, as you know, I sort of focused on the, the human skills yeah. part of it is yeah. we should be training sellers on empathy. Yes. On how to form a relationship. Yes. We assume people come into the workforce with these basic skills, and some do, but oftentimes many don't. Yeah. And they come into sales, and we train them up to, with an inch of their life on you know our process and cold call, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I wonder why they're not hitting it. Yeah. And it's because we've overlooked maybe the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, you're a human being first and just aligning to simple things like being an extrovert or an introvert. It's not to say that you you, you can't be a good seller in either of those personality types, but just by understanding and better aligning to that personality type or mm-hmm. your chronotype, digging a little bit further and not assuming that every – uh, every person is the same and can be given a script and can be given uh, a, a framework and metrics and, and just say, hey, we're going to train you against this and expect, you know, 20% you know, delivers to our top line, you know, and, 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 and the 80%, you know, good luck figuring out we'll, you'll, you'll churn and, and burn and, and we'll just get somebody else in and replace you. I think it's just... That 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 approach is 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 just so archaic and and like I said, you know, so many societal issues and 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 world issues coming to a head that it's I I, you know, I think companies are starting to finally embrace the need um, to to look at the human first. But you're absolutely right. we have so much room for improvement there, and and, and just little simple things of yeah. 
Well, but I also think it, it, it goes both ways, though, right? I mean, if we train people on some of these things we're talking about, and let's and give them exposure to it, and let's again go back to empathy for a second. Yeah. If we educated sellers about what empathy really was, yeah, then it would it would open their eyes to a, to a large group. If we if they understood the impact yeah. of sleep debt, and they were you know forming a connection with a new buyer, and the buyer's oh, I've got a young child, and we just didn't sleep last night. You might do something differently in that call because you would have empathy right. for, and you'd understand why they're feeling the way they do, and that could right. inform your actions. But again, we just we just make this giant assumption that either people know or the assumption is we just don't care, yeah. right? Leadership in general, most enterprises don't care. If we as long as we get enough out of sales, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, if if we actually took the time. To, to carve the edges on on those simple things that you know with the, the human mind first the person first seller second it'd be amazing to see what the sales results would be and yeah. and I think you're 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 absolutely right that you know most companies if not all companies just don't have the patience or or, or take the time or the foresight to, to see that and it you know it takes these kinds of conversations and that that that's what I'm passionate about is starting with conversations more of these conversations need to occur to drive the awareness before you can build a community around this 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 level of insight and this this different type of approach it's really it shouldn't feel different this this right. should be yeah the way we <laughs> we, we should be approaching um, you know just right work so, as a seller. Um, so let me ask you, you've, you've got a side hustle going that's addressing this idea of, of wellness for yeah. sellers. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it's, it's very much a long-term project. And it's, I, I look at it in steps and phases that, that, that need to occur. Uh, it's called Be Focused, Live Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's very symbiotic with my, my day job and in, in the sense that um, I'm experimenting with myself and then I use social media to share my insights and, and share the results of my experiments. And, and, you know, luckily things have been going well where I could, I can draw a direct correlation by saying, Hey, I've deliberately started focusing on, on these elements of my life, like sleep, prioritizing wellness. Mm-hmm. And my sales results have dramatically increased because of that. And so it's, it, it, you know, that's, that's been step one is sort of communicating that, that out to the world. And the second phase will be about building connections around that. And, mm-hmm. and I know there are others who, who feel the same way and are very similar, want to geek out on things like wearables mm-hmm. and draw those same correlations of like, oh, wow. If, if I change these habits, what would that impact be on my own sales? Right. Uh, and, and then, you know, finally, where this will ultimately go is building a community around that. And, and the goal is um, what we'll work on together is creating perhaps a, 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 an app or digital product that, that we can all benefit from. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I've been manually uh, mapping out you know, my sleep and my sleep debt, correlating that with productivity, correlating that with sales results. Um, can we all work on that together and then create a, a digital product that could be delivered to the world? Um, and, and so that that's what Be Focused, Live Great is all about. And mm-hmm. it's an open call to, to all sellers who have a curiosity around this and, and want to maintain high standards and, and uh, be a part of building something interesting and special. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I, I, I love it. I mean, I, this <laughs> for me, I look at sort of the world and say, you know, we all inhabit multiple roles in our life, right? And in all those roles, there's two aspects to it. There's the human and then there's the role we fill. Yeah. And for us to be good at any of those roles, and that could be partner, spouse, you know, husband, wife. It could mm-hmm. be you know, coach of a kid's team, it could be whatever you're doing on, on the side, it's your job. You've got to be a good human first. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Pretty simple concept, but 
it and and what I have found is that it just it's like a woodpecker needing to chip away at the wood um, before breaking through to the mm. light. And, uh, and, and it, it, it's, it's certainly been an evolution for me and, and a journey is, but it, it, it took a deliberate effort. It, it, it took us, you know, me taking a stance and, and saying, I was always interested in this stuff, but, mm -hmm. but the quiet time, the forced quiet time of this past year was, was really the opportunity for me to say, okay, finally, now is the time where I'm going to make a, a conscious effort in tracking all this mm -hmm. and it wasn't tracking for the sake of more data. We don't need more data, but it was tracking for the sake of uncovering compelling insights mm -hmm. again, not as a seller, but as a human being right. and optimizing myself, you know, for the human element, correlating that with sales. Uh, it's been a fascinating discovery and, and I want to share that with the world. I want to communicate and, and, and build connections around people who are interested in, in doing the same. Uh, yeah. Cause I think it can have a, a major impact on yourself as an individual first and foremost, but an organization who, who wants to take, uh, you know, a more humanistic approach to, to mm -hmm. their sales organization. Yeah. I mean, you're no discriminant here. Yeah, I, I, as I've just said, firmly believe that we're much better off yeah. training the human aspect of things first, and then worry about skills and yeah. competencies later. Because, yeah, you know, my mind, there's only four competencies you need to have <laughs> to succeed at sales. You know, you need to be able to connect with someone. You need curiosity. You need understanding. You need to be able to listen to understand, and you need to. I call it be generous, but you mm -hmm. need to be able to give value and acumen to yeah. people that need your help. So, yeah. you know, beyond that, if that's the one thing you need to be really good at, those are the things you'd be really good at and, and start yeah. with that as your platform. And then, yeah, everything else. Also in place. Play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Brandon. Well, thank you so much for joining me for people thank you, who Andy. want to, uh, follow you i presume linkedin is the place to do that yeah linkedin absolutely is the, the the best place to follow me and then if there is anyone interested in learning more about be focused live great uh, it's simply be focused live great.com excellent all right well as that gets more launched we'll have you back we'll talk more about this awesome sounds great look forward to it thank you thank you andy Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Brandon Fluardi, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for investing your time with us today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.